0: I appreciate you guys being with us this morning. Uh, if you're not out sledding, if you're watching this later, thanks for joining us later. Um, so I really sensed, um, really from the get-go, when, when as soon as we decided we were going to do this 21 days of communion, I really just heard this word immediately, almost. Um, it was out of this 1 Corinthians passage. But I really, before I give that to you, i uh, keep you waiting on that word for just a second, Um, Just for those that are joining us for the first time, we want to welcome you, um, or those that haven't kind of missed in and out. Really, the last four weeks we've been talking about communion, Uh, so this will be our fifth week. But um, first week, uh, Danielle just talked to us about really our position and place of uh, in communion, a place of rest, a place of priesthood, a place of intimacy, um, and a place of fellowship. You know, that we have to keep those in mind as we're in this season of communion. But really, even in and out of season, really, we're always in a season of communion. That's really what the Lord has been speaking to me. Uh, We kind of set apart 21 days, but the Lord is actually, I feel like it's extending into a really good lifestyle. I feel like grape juice and matzo are going to be part of my refrigerator. You know, and right there, it's got this little nice little place in the fridge. Uh, Because I just always want to be prepared uh, to to be to take it as a physical act, but Lord, I also want to be prepared to really be in a spiritual you know lifestyle of communion and I felt like the Lord's just really been uh, on me for that, but three Sundays ago I talked about I took John six and we walked through that where Jesus took his disciples and was saying hey i 'm g- you 're going to eat my flesh and you're going to drink my blood, which was kind of an interesting concept for them because he hadn't died yet, and he had, they hadn't gotten all that yet. But he was just calling them into this place of the cross. Um, and then uh, two Sundays ago, we talked about the nine aspects of the power of communion. Healing, new covenant, forgiveness, cleansing, redemption, confidence, joy, acceptance, peace. All of those are part of communion. That's, that's what he's declared through his blood. It's what he's declared through his body. And so, And then last week... Ben brought a, a really good word, challenging word. I was like, somebody, somebody said, it's always good to get hear Ben Bradford, because like, even if he speaks a like, rebuke, it feels good. You ever, you ever notice that? I was like, you get to the end of that message, you're like, I think he rebuked me. But I feel good. <laughs> but now he challenged us on this whole place of leaven, especially he was talking about the leaven of the Pharisees, leaven of Herod kind of talking about that politicalness and talking about that religiousness. that tries to seep in. I mean, I, it was just funny. I mean, Lee and I just broached on a, a subject this morning, and I realized, man, it was just in relationship to a little bit of politics. And I'm like, man, it was amazing how quickly that turned. Like that, it was just the conversation turned. I could feel it in my heart. I was like, wow, wait a second. That leaven just got in there and just leavened my heart that quick. And so, just really be be aware, beware. But really, I feel like the Lord was saying, be aware of what your spirit is. That's the thing I took out of that. Is like, what spirit am I of? What spirit am I speaking, declaring, typing on uh, Instagram or typing on Facebook, whatever that, your social media choice is. You know, what am I? What spirit am I of? What am I doing that of? So he really challenged us that week. So I really encourage you to go back and catch those if you uh, haven't. Um, and so I just want to really call us into this place of uh, communion this morning and really left you hanging a little bit, but really the word right off the bat was out of this First Corinthians passage. Uh, First Corinthians 11, if you want to turn there this morning, uh, we're going to just be in there for just a second, then we're going to go to a couple different places, but... Um, it, it was this place of, in, in, in this first Corinthians passage, it talks about, do this in remembrance of me. Do this in remembrance of me. And so as soon as I, as soon as we started talking about communion, it was like immediately, uh, the Lord was just saying, remember, like the power of remembering. So that's what we're going to talk about today. I kind of, uh, on your little handout, which somehow I've just lost, um, Oh, here it is. I threw it in my other ones. Yeah, I, I titled it that place, Don't Forget to Remember, right? right? Don't forget to remember. Uh, because I really, out, out of uh, all the things that I have a tendency to forget, anyone else there? Uh, we have a tendency to forget what we need to remember and then we remember what we need to forget. Anybody, anybody out there that like that? Nobody? Okay, great. <laughs> ben, thank you. Uh, we, we do that a lot, right? We we tend to forget the things that we need to remember, and we also remember the things that God's already freed us and declared over us, and we need to forget. And we, we need to release. Um, but I, tend to, I this this is the number one thing that I forget. Oh my gosh! If I if I go out the door and get down the road and realize I've left my phone at least three times a week, I mean it's just ridiculous. Like right? right? Uh, anyone forget to put the toilet seat down for your wife? Anybody out there? Yep, there's. they got a few. Uh, if I forget my wallet somewhere, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've had to go grab my wallet uh, from somewhere. I, I remember on my cell phone. I had to, chase, I had to like ping it, and it was at Ross, and I already had called Ross at least three times, and they, could, they, whoever was there said they didn't have it, and I'm like, it's pinging like it's there, and of course they had to go get it out of the safe. Somebody had stuck it in the safe, and. I was like, okay, I knew I knew it was there, but that's what I, that's what happens. I, I I think the worst thing is when I, I forget what I was going to say right when I was going to say it. Anybody there? Or you forget what you were going to do. Like that's the worst thing I ever do is if, if I if I'm need to go do something and then all of a sudden like Facebook hits or something hits, man, it distracts me. I'm I'm done. And so. But the big thing in relationship to forgetting is the reality is that God emp- wants to empower us not to forget to remember, not to forget to remember. And so that's where I w- really want to talk about, talk to you today about it. It was really cool. Um, I don't most of, I didn't get to too many of the C.S. Lewis books other than Lion, Witch, and Wardrobe, but we listened to them, some of them on on tape. But if you, it was really cool. C.S. Lewis reiterates this problem in the Silver Chair. Where Aslan, you know, obviously uh, in relationship to the Lord, teaches Jill to repeat his instructions in order that she would not forget them. Child, Aslan says, perhaps you do not—sorry, perhaps you do not see quite as well as you think. But the first step is to remember. Unfortunately, Jill forgets. If you've read that book, she forgets, and she their their lives, the the uh, companions' lives are changed forever. In that, But God's calling us to remember. So I want us to read this 1 Corinthians. And and in this place of what Aslan tells us, the first step in everything is to remember. Um, In 1 Corinthians 11, let's start in verse 23. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus in the night which he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, This is my body, which is for you, do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup also after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Right? So two, a couple things right off the bat, the Lord just really highlighted as often as you drink of this, right? As often as you drink. And the cool part about that is, again, I want to really continue to speak into us. Um, Often doesn't mean I have to do it every day. I don't feel like that word often doesn't mean I have to get into a law and I'm like, okay, I got got a religiously ritual. I've got, you know, 6 a.m. in the morning, I'm getting up and I'm doing you know, communion. I don't think often means that, but I also think often doesn't mean just doing it every once in a while at church either. That's, to me, that's not often. That's every once in a while. If God wanted that, I think he would have put every once in a while when you're at church, do this in remembrance of me. So I really feel like the the really big challenge for for all is maybe you haven't been able to kick into the 21 days or maybe 28 days, but I encourage you Whenever, whenever you're in the store next time, grab you some juice, whatever you want to take, and, and the bread, uh, some matzah or whatever bread you want to get, and grab it and begin to participate in communion, communion with the Lord. Again, it's not, it's not a uh, dictating thing. I've got to, a religious thing that I've got to do every day, but I really encourage this. I felt like in this season, the Lord has challenged me more than ever, like, um, to action, you know. We talked about that. You know, as we're stepping into 2021, we're stepping into communion. I've really felt this big thing, and and to me, I have to step into that. We've been, even with, even with the uh, behold theme, you know. I have beholding is an action. I, you don't just like beholding the Lord. I mean, definitely, I can see His goodness and glory. Maybe as I'm riding down the road or whatever, but to to really entertain beholding. I have to turn and look, right? Leah spoke about that. It's an action. Beholding is an action. Communion is an action. It's a stepping into it. And so I really challenge us as a body, step into it. Uh, Step into it. Um, Also, the other phrase that came out of that in verse 26, you proclaim every time you drink it, every time you partake of communion, you do something. And maybe you don't even realize you're doing it. I don't think I realized I was doing it. I, I, I think we know in theory and the, theological stance, but I don't think we're doing it in the physical and declaring it. It says, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. You know, I think sometimes we think of proclaiming is that we've got to speak something. We've got to, like, speak it out and declare it out. You know, something like, you know, Peter did, you know, you know, we, we make those big zealous moments. You get in those big zealous moments. You know, Peter's like, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll go with you to the death. And all his disciples said I'd do that. And then, you know, a couple chapters later, they're all scattered, right? It's not about our words. It's what we're proclaiming in our stepping. It's what we're declaring in our stepping. So as I step into communion, I want to continue to proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Declaring who he is. Declaring what he did. And I feel like, The cool part about doing this more often is that you proclaim more often. You proclaim his death more often and declare it into your own spirit. But I feel like the Lord's saying something that you're proclaiming into the spirit, something bigger than what you're even proclaiming into yourself. Like you are proclaiming the king crucified, the king declared a savior. And deliver, and so I just want to encourage you. I want to bring those two things: as often as you drink of it, um, and you, as often as you do it, you proclaim, right? As often as you do this, you proclaim, all right? So let's go back up to uh, that verse, first verse, um, verse, uh, what twenty five, somewhere in there. So it says the Lord that the Lord Jesus, in the night in which he was betrayed, took bread. That's a good another little side note. Did you realize when he when he was taking communion as he was being betrayed? Anybody been betrayed before? I mean, doesn't that hurt like I, I feel like betrayal is like one of the most frustrating, ugliest, craziest things that can get into our heart. But Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, broke bread with the betrayer with the one that was going to betray him he broke bread communion does something very significant in the spirit just feel like i just hear right now that he's going to break off betrayal in your heart any anybody that's just dealing with betrayal like something like it doesn't have to be like to an extreme we think of betrayal maybe is something extreme like you just feel like somebody betrayed you in their heart in your heart god's gonna break that off this morning it just really felt like that strong. But on the night that he was betrayed, he broke, He, sorry, he took the bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Again, I pointed that out the other day, like really for you. You can individualize. Thank you, Jesus. You broke this for me, for you. This is broken for you. Um, this is our, but our posture. What's the posture that we should be taking communion? Do this, take this, in, in, embrace this, partake of this. Doing what? In remembrance of me. In remembrance. And so, I just felt like the Lord was just, just yelling out in the spirit, like, "Don't forget to remember." Like when you're taking communion, especially, obviously we shouldn't lose this at any point in our spiritual walk. But as we're taking communion, make sure that you're in a posture of remembering. And the cool part about remembrance is it has um, has has a lot of um, cool little interactions. Um, sorry, I wanted to go back. You know. I want to go back, really, because I felt like the Lord was going to say something about this, but I want to finish that scripture. This is my body, which is for you. Remember that one? You know, I think one of my greatest revelations, um, you know, God did die for the sins of the world. He did, you know, I remember uh, when I was, I think it was re- it was early on in my Christian walk, I, th- I was sitting there doing a devotion of some sort, and I got to this place where I think I was reading John 3:16. I can't remember the exact verse, but it was something to the extent of John 3:16. You know, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And, you know, I, I, I don't know, most, if you know me, some of my humor is sarcastic. So I, sometimes I do that with the Lord, which doesn't always work out real well for me. But, um, you know, I kind of, I just kind of in my sarcasticness said, well, God, what's so special about that? Like you, you died for the world, like. You know, you you love you so love the world, and um, and that's when he most of you heard his testimony. But man, he spoke right into my spirit. He's like, he's like, Mitch. Or I, I said something like, Well, God, you you know what? You love everybody. What's so special about that? And he, man, he spoke so directly right back into my, my spirit. He said, Mitch, I like you. I like everything about you. And that's you know why I needed that because. I knew God loves me, I did not know God liked me. And I don't know if you have ever been able to experience that. But that's a weird place to be. When you can theologically you know God loves you, but you don't know that he likes you. Like I didn't even like myself at that moment. I mean, this is early on in my Christian walk, but I'm serious that that significant declaration, no, I like you. I I am for you. I did this for you. Like there's something about it to really receive this morning, that he loves you. Like the cross, the body, the broken body, the bread, uh, the the, the, uh, blood that was poured out for you. Man, it's like a declaration of his love, his liking you. His declaration of how much he loves you. And so receive that this morning. I think sometimes we can kind of let that go over us as a religious thought. Like, really receive that this morning. Um, because I'm just saying, you know, when he spoke that into my spirit, my heart, my life kind of changed. I started enjoying, I started liking me because if God likes me, then I should be able to like me, right? I mean, that's a good, good thought. I mean, if God likes, God, God likes me, there's got to be some amazingly great things about me. And I, I really believe that he's speaking that over all of us. Um, but I think about the body that was beaten beyond recognition, the body that was carried up, the body that carried the cross all the way up that hill to Calvary, the body that was nailed to the cross, this body that died in excruciating death was given for me. For me. For you. Yeah, I really encourage you, make that a declaration in your in your spirit. But he but he in that, I want you to, there's a declaration, do this in remembrance, okay? Out of all the things that he could say at that moment, I was trying to, I, you know, I always had these weird, when I'm studying, I start having these kind of weird questions, thoughts, like, here's, here's God, he's going to the cross, and he's going to say, this is my body. Now, he could, I mean, there's all sorts of stuff that you could say at that moment about, the, about what he was going to do, but he makes just a simple declaration on both of them the body and the blood, do this in remembrance. Do it in remembrance. And so remembering is an action step. It really is. It takes effort to remember. Now, the problem is most of our remembering that doesn't take effort is what the enemy tries to bring up into our spirit, right, in our heart. And yeah, you remember that? Yeah, you remember that? But God's calling us to remember. Now, I want to show you the power of remembering. Um, there's four just different areas that we're going to go through real quick about the power of remembering. And uh, just in this place of not forgetting to remember. The call for us as a believer is to remember him, remember what he did, and remember why he did it. Remember why he did it. So the first one, if you got your notes there, uh, you can flip to Lamentations 3. I'm going to read down it, or it's up here on the screen, I hope, maybe. Yep. Um, If you don't know Lamentations, this is Jeremiah. Jeremiah was in a place where he was called to be a prophet to the children of Israel, calling them back to God. And basically, um, you can go back and read the first 13 scriptures, and it reminds you of of almost the exact same thing that he says in 13, 14, 15. So he's basically on this big rant before God, right? Right? His life isn't turning out. You know, you get this big call of God, and all of a sudden he's out there speaking the kingdom to the people of Israel, and they're basically ignoring him. They're laughing at him. You know, all this great thought that you had of going out and conquering the world and saving the world, this is sometimes where we get, right? So think about this. I wish I I had time. I could read the first 14 uh, scriptures. It's just hilarious. Go back and read them. But we'll pick up in thir- 14. I have become a laughingstock to all my people. They're mocking song all the day. He, and he's talking about God, God has filled me with bitterness. He has made me drunk with wormwood. He has broken my teeth with gravel. He has made me cower in the dust. My soul has been rejected from peace. I have forgotten happiness. So I say my strength has perished and so has my hope. From the Lord. Anybody been there <laughs> in those moments where you're like, I, "Is man, where is where is God in this moment?" You know, and and I don't think any of this is truth in relationship to what he's spouting out. You know, from chapter, and this is like like you said, you can go read from scripture, uh, chapter three, verse one, all the way to um, eighteen. He's basically saying the same thing: God has forsaken me. He's broken my teeth. He's all these things. It's not true, but that's what he feels. That's what he's experiencing in his interaction with people out there. But I want to show you the power of this. I mean, look at the power of remembering. Okay, you, here, here's Jeremiah. He's on this crazy rant. He's like so frustrated at the Lord. Like he's basically his, his strength is gone and his hope is gone. All right, right? That's, you got that? Now look. One more scripture. Surely my soul remembers... And is bowed down within me. This I recall to my mind, therefore I have hope. You've heard this probably scripture out of me. This is one of my favorite scriptures. This I recall to my mind. Therefore I have hope. All of a sudden, Jeremiah's spirit starts to remember. And it's gonna change, it's gonna flip the script like 180 degrees. He was walking this way, going, Man, God, you're you're nowhere, you're forsaking me. My teeth, you're broken my teeth, you know, all these things. And then all of a sudden, listen, the Lord's loving kindnesses indeed never cease. His compassions, they never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I have hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the person who seeks him. It is good that he waits silently for the salvation of the Lord. Did you see that? I mean, he was in the pit of pits, and now all of a sudden, he rem- all, that, all he did is the action of remembering. That's all. Wait a second. Okay, I, 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 that rant just went through there. Um, I remember that the Lord's good. I remember, wait a minute. That the Lord's loving kindness is what do they do? Never cease. Wait a second, I remember that His compassions, they never fail. Those are the nevers and always that you want to get into, right? The Lord, uh, they are new every morning. Great is His faithfulness. And so all of a sudden, now He's walking in faith. Now He's walking in hope, right? So it generates hope. Remembering actually generates hope. So, the thing was that he was all he was doing was remembering his what he's going through at the moment. He was remembering his situation and his circumstance. What he did, he had to turn. He had to actually remembering takes actions. It takes a step. He remembered, God, you're faithful. Wait a second, your loving kindness has never ceased. Your compassions they never fail. What am I doing? I, mean, I remember one time I was. Uh, it was one of those moments. I just felt like Jeremiah. I was like, "Oh my gosh! Like, I don't want to. I don't want to be here. I don't want to do what I'm doing, and this, that, and the other." And Rick could sense it. And Rick texted me and said, "You know what's going on? You know, like what what's going on?" So I wrote him since he texted me. I was like, "Going to text him back." So I wrote, texted him about. Six or seven pages. <laughs> it's, it's like one of these, like, I mean, you should have just called it. or would taken you one minute to, to tell him, but it took me like 10 minutes to write it. But nice long text. It was a big old text rant. I mean, I was just telling him everything. And I got to the bottom of the rant, and I just said, well, I really just need Jesus. <laughs> after, after that whole thing. I, and when, I, when I, But it's funny. I just need Jesus. You know what? I started turning. I started turning. I was like, wait a second. I just need Jesus. That's who I need right now. That's that's what I need to s- start focusing on. And so it's quite funny. I went ahead and sent it. But, uh, you know, it was just this crazy ranting that we do in our spirit and our heart can be really solidified if we'll just choose to remember, step into remembering. Remember his goodness. Remember his greatness, what he's done, his faithfulness in your life. And so I really want to encourage you uh, because life can take it out of you. I mean, 2020 took it out of me personally in a lot of ways. You know, in a lot of ways, uh, I wish I would have taken the moments to remember in there. I I think I forgot to remember. (laughs) I remembered the things I needed to forget and I forgot the things I needed to remember. And so I just really encourage you. I feel like the Lord's bringing us out of that, and I feel like the Lord's bringing the church at large, but I feel like dwelling place as well. It's like bringing us out to step into remembering his goodness, remembering his greatness. Like, wait a second. I mean, if you're going to be, like, sturdy and arrogant in something, be arrogant and, like, God's good. He is good. He is faithful. He is true. I'm not, I'm not going I'm not, I'm not to move from that. Because God's not moved from that. that he, his, his, his character never shifts, never changes. And so maybe, maybe arrogant isn't the one I wanted to use, but I couldn't think of a word better than that. But if, there's a, if I'm going to be bold in something, yeah, maybe that's a better word, bold in something, God's good, God's faithful. You know, begin to speak that into your spirit, over your heart, over, over the church, over the bride. Um, because when, you, when like, you have a year like 2020 and you start losing your bearing, you can become like Jeremiah did. And you can v- very easily like, go the direction of, woe is me, uh, my life really stinks, There's nothing, no, everybody's life has better. That's why I don't even hardly get on Facebook anymore, because every time I look at Facebook, I always feel like everybody's life is better than mine, so of course, right? So I, I just don't even want to get into that. I'm like, wait a minute, God? You have me right where you have me. You have empowered me with an amazing body. You've empowered me with an amazing family. You've been part, part of me with friends and family and, 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 and provision. And, and even if those aren't where I want them to be, thank God. I think what Tulia was declaring this morning thankfulness, right? Remember, thankfulness brings us into remembering what we need to be thankful for. And that, that's that place of remembering. Uh, Why do you need it? Because look at what it did for Jeremiah. It brought him out um, of his pit, really. Uh, He remembered the true character of a God, and it generated hope. All right, so let's go on to the next one. Power of remembering. The power of remembering empowers you not to forget, right? As you remember God's faithfulness, then you forget about the things you thought he was unfaithful in. Like, sometimes I get in that place where I'm like, oh man, I didn't get this, or I wasn't there, or I haven't, you know. And all of a sudden, when I remember God's faithfulness, it takes me into this place. Look in this, um, because there's fruit to forgetting. And I'm going to talk about that just for a second. There's fruit to forgetting. And it's not good fruit, right? This is not the fruit that you want to eat of. I mean, listen to this Deuteronomy. And of course, if you go back and the children of Israel, there was, there was so many times that the Lord just said to them, Please don't forget. Like remember these things. That when you forget those, that's when the bearing goes out, and you're gonna be you thought you were going this way and you're gonna end up over this way. You know, beware, it says Deuteronomy 8.11. Beware that you do beware, be aware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments, his ordinance, his statutes, which I'm commanding you today. Otherwise. When you have eaten and you are satisfied. Mm. All right, anybody get there? <laughs> get a nice big old meal and you forget everything, right? You just want to go to, going to sleep. But when you have eaten and are satisfied, when you've built good houses and live in them, when you have herds and flocks, they multiply, your silver and gold multiply, all that you have multiplies, then your heart, what happens? You know What happens at that moment? You know, that's what the American dream is all about, right? But I, I consistently see people reaching those moments and there's still not peace, happiness, joy, fruits of the Spirit. There's not that there. Why? This is it. Then your heart will become proud and you will forget. You know, a lot of times in our lives we think, man, if, if I could attain to that, I can have security. I can have peace. I can have all these things. God doesn't want it. That to be your peace and security. He doesn't want those silver and gold to be your peace and security, man. I've gotten, I get caught up into that. That was, 2020 was a little bit of that. There's places where I thought, man, I don't know if I'm going to make it. You know, I'm looking at my life now, and then I'm looking at the fact that I'm almost, I ain't going to tell you how old I am, but I'm almost over that little 50 mark that kind of kicks you on the backside, downside, right? <laughs> we'll just keep believing that, what, 80s is still going up, right? 80s still going up. That's right, but you get to that place where you're like, "Oh my gosh, I'm I'm here, and I'm not sure I'm going to make it to there," and you start panicking. And part of that, all that panic, all of a sudden, you start gathering things to yourself, and then all of a sudden, if you're not careful, you're going to be in that place. Well, man, I got I got here, and I got here on my own. I'm good, right? And you'll forget the Lord your God who brought you out from the land of Egypt. Out of the muck and mire that God took you out of. All of us have been there. Your salvation reality was he took you out of the muck and mire of the world and put you into his marvelous goodness and grace. And so one of the big things is the fruit of forgetting is that my heart becomes, hey, I think I could do this. I think I got this. I I think I made my way pretty good, you know, and all of a sudden I start losing dependency on God. And when I start losing dependency on God, that that that's when the bearing starts getting off. Right? Because there is no way I can I have like I have to be solely dependent on the Lord, totally surrender to Him. Like it's Him. It's Him. Keep going on verse 15. Sometimes the if the fruit of forgetting is fruit of forgetting is I got this mentality. Listen what that happens. He led you through the great and terrible wilderness with its serpents, scorpions, and thirsty ground, where you, there was no water. He brought water for you out of the rock. In the wilderness he fed you with manna, which your fathers did not know, that he might humble you, test you, to, to do good for you in the end. All this is for him. Like, it's to do good for him in the end. Otherwise, you may say in your heart, My power and my strength of my hand have made me this wealth. It's, it's that same principle. I got this. I can do this. We got this. Um, because sometimes strengths in our lives end up becoming our greatest weaknesses, right? Because we somehow, sometimes our strengths take us over into this place of, I think I can get, I got this. I think I can maintain this on my own, you know. We wouldn't say that, but that's what our spirit is doing. Now look at what happens. But you, will, but you shall remember Verse 18, remember this call to remember. Step in. You shall step in and remember the Lord your God, for it is he who is giving you the power to make wealth, that he may confirm his covenant which he swore to your fathers, as it is in that day. Right? It's his heart. Like it's, That's just part of his covenant, to bless you, to empower you, to encourage you, to declare into you. Look at this. The next fruit of forgetting, you, you just end up perishing because you get off bearing. It shall come about if you ever forget the Lord your God and go after gods and serve them and worship them, you will surely perish. I mean, it's just a test. That's just the way it happens, right? Because you would not listen to the voice of the Lord your God to remember, right? A lot of times he's speaking that call. He's, the things that he's declaring are things I just need to remember. They're not new, crazy, great revelations. They're just the things that's already in me that I just need to remember, right? About my identity, about my, who I am as a son, who you are as a son or a daughter. That, that's what he's going to try to recall to mind. Wait a second. This is who you are. This is who God is. That's all God wants, is, is trying to do. The last, the last one, um, the fruit of forgetting, is just you return to bondage. This is in Nehemiah 9.17. Think about this scripture. They refused to listen and did not remember. Okay, those are two things. Not listening and then choosing not to remember. If you find yourself in either one of those two spots <laughs> in your life, I found that myself in that the other day and I, re- I realized I was, it was, I was choosing not to listen and I got my, the bearings went wacko. And so I just encourage you. If I'm choosing not to listen or if I'm, if I'm not remembering, that should be a, like a little thing in my spirit. Like, whoa, 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 wait a second. I'm going to be off here in just a second. I'm going to be not in a great place. They refused to listen and did not remember your wondrous deeds which you had performed among them. So they became stubborn. <laughs> Nobody's stubborn in here, right? <laughs> I know, I know. I know too many people in here, right? Stubborn, I won't say it's a middle name to some of us, but it's, it's, you know, there's some things in there. But they became stubborn and appointed a leader to return to their slavery in Egypt. A lot of times, the f- choosing not to remember actually empowers you to choose to go back to slavery. Because a lot of times, anybody, because it's funny, the children of Israel are like, yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you remember back when we were in uh, slavery and bondage? We had those three meals and, you know, a place to sleep. You remember that? It was amazing. It was so awesome, right? Man, the slavery was so good. Isn't that what the enemy does? Here's, I'll help you to remember. I, uh, the things you're remembering, you're not even remembering, even with a clear conscience. Like, that, that wasn't fun. That wasn't good. The three meals and a cot that they were on, it was slavery, like they were in bondage, like they were living with having to do somebody else's bidding all day long. But they would rather choose that than sometimes the freedom to remember, the freedom that it and the step that it takes to remember. It's it, I'm just telling you, it's easy to forget and just do the things of my own flesh. It's just easy; it doesn't take much effort. But to remember, powering and remembering. All right, the third thing, the power of remembering, it defeats fear. Think about this in Nehemiah 4. This is one of my favorite passages as well. I brought some of my favorite passages in this one. Uh, when I saw their fear, this is Nehemiah. You remember, he's at, they're trying to rebuild the wall. Uh, a bunch of uh, the enemies are trying to come, and they're, they're trying to lie to them. They're trying to say, man, what are you doing building that wall? Like You're not going to complete it. And like it's too hard, it's too heavy, all these things. Nehemiah is trying to stay firm. Uh, he's trying to rally the troops here because he starts to see something in them, like because they were building the wall and they were getting it done. But all of a sudden, he started to see something in them as the enemy continued to speak and, de- and defile the atmosphere with fear. He started to see something. And listen, listen it says, "When I saw their fear." I rose up and spoke to the nobles, the officials, the rest of the people. Don't be afraid of them. Okay, that's great. When somebody says, yeah, you don't need to be afraid of them. Well, what's the antidote, right? How am I going to get out of fear? Like, you Don't tell me to, hey, you just don't need to fear that. Well, how am I going to get out of fear? How, how, are, how is Nehemiah going to empower these people when they're facing the enemy from out saying they're going to come in and, basically break down the wall. They're going to come in and basically destroy them. You know, there's, there's rumors of that going on, and there's, you know, this pressure from the outside, the enemies. Well, how does he do that? Well, let's look. Do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome. That's all he gave. That's the only antidote. And fight. Remember and fight. Remember and fight. The power to remember it helps you defeat fear. It actually helps you to step into a battle that maybe you are not even feel like you're qualified for. But it's okay. You're not qualified for the fight. But God in you is. Because they, they weren't qualified for the fight either. The reality is, it says, do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord. Don't remember how good a battle plan you have. Don't remember how many troops you have. Don't remember how much armor you have. Remember something Bigger. Remember the Lord. Remember his greatness and his awesomeness. And fight it empowers you to fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, your houses. Right? A lot of times we fight, we try to fight those things with our own power, our own thoughts, and our own opinions. Fight with the fight with fight with remembering, right? Remember him. That's how you how do we overcome fear? How do you overcome paralyzing fear? How do you overcome the That stuck place sometimes we get in relationship to fear. The power of remembering. Empower yourself with remembering. All right, God. And sometimes you just gotta speak and declare, God. You're it. You're big. You're amazing. You're, you're. I mean, just get that in your spirit. You're the uh, all the things. Man, when we started that this morning, when Ben was declaring who God was, man, it's there's something in me that jumps. It's like everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, Mighty God, Holy One, right? And just start getting that in your spirit. And then all of a sudden you're like, okay, I can fight for my brother now. I can fight for my family. I can fight for that, those houses. So I just encourage us, you know, remember the Lord who is great and awesome. Um, and, and I, I mean, I think the biggest one of the biggest times we were facing fear, you know, talk about Nehemiah. You all have heard my, our testimony, most of you, about losing uh, a son about 18, 19 years. 20 weeks into the birthing process, Leah had a, we had a miscarriage. And, and um, man, one of the most excruciating things. And, man, just fear. You start fearing, like, did we do, you know, all these questions come in, and then you have to face, on the backside, you have to face, you know, should we get pregnant again? Should we try, you know, all these, I mean, so much. The enemy tries to bring fear. And you know what the cool thing about that season for us was? I, I learned to battle. I learned to just, all right, God, you know, there's two things. I, I, didn't, I didn't get into the word hardly at all. I just stood every day and just said, God, you are good, and God, you are faithful. That's what I'm going to fight with. These two swords, you're good and you're faithful. You're good and you're faithful. That's all I could do for like two or three months. Good, faithful, good, faithful, good, faithful. And is he faithful? Absolutely. Is he good? Absolutely. And I came out of that period. Didn't, it didn't happen like... In one day, or two days, or three days, but after a couple months of keep on declaring, keep swinging those swords of His goodness, His faithfulness. You're great. You're awesome. You're great. You're awesome, and the Lord will give you that place to stand. All right, last one because I want us to take communion. Um, why don't the worship team young come on up? Um, this last one in relationship to the power of remembering it keeps us in faith, keeps us believing. This is this is the um, this is a story about the. Feeding of the 5,000. Um, we touched on it last week because Ben talked about it. I'm going to bring it up again. Um, it says, that now the day was ending. This is in Luke 9. We're going to start there. Now the day was ending. The 12 came and said to him, send the crowd away that they may go into the surrounding villages and countryside and find lodging and get something to eat. For there we are here we are in a desolate place. I love what Jesus says to him. Yeah, go get, why don't you go to the, go get some bread, right? Go. Why don't you go down and, he didn't do that. (laughs) Why don't you go to the town and, yeah, buy all the bread they got and bring it back. He didn't do that. You know what he did? He looked at the disciples who had never turned bread, I mean, never multiplied bread before, and he said, you give them something to eat. I was like, whoa, you give them something to eat. You know, I, I really believe God, Jesus believes that much in us. Some of us, we got to get that same belief system in us, right? Jesus believes in us that much. You give him something to eat. And they said, uh, we have no more than five loaves and two fish unless perhaps we go and buy food. And he said to his disciples, have them sit down. And you know the rest. They sat down. He broke, took the five loaves, two fish, and he looked up to heaven. He blessed them and broke, them, broke, broke it and kept giving, <laughs> kept giving them to the disciples to set before the people. And they all ate and were satisfied. And the broken pieces, which they had left over, were picked up, 12 baskets full. All right, that was the first one. That's 5,000. Now, we're going to go over to Mark 8. Now, in between this, if you it doesn't pick it up in Luke, so, but the reality is he fed the 5,000, but do you remember what else he did? He came back at another time down the couple of a time period later, he fed 4,000. All right? So that's where we're at, right? 5,000, 4,000. Disciples got in a boat, and that's where we're going to pick up the story. 5,000 were fed, 4,000 were fed. They're at, they're at a place. They're going to get in a boat, and they're going to go. All right? Now notice where, what, what's in them. All right, Mark eight fourteen, And they had forgotten to take bread and did not have more than one loaf in the boat with them. oh Man, there was how many in that boat? Big old, what, 13 maybe? A few more if he took some more people? All right, remember, how many did he just feed? 5,000 plus. That was just 5,000 probably meant. But, you know, most people say that they fed more, like, 15,000, 20,000. All right, then he fed, or at the very least, he fed 5,000. How many did he feed? 4,000. How many are in the boat? 13. How many pieces of bread do they have? Should they be worried? I mean, you, you, know, you, don't, you know the rest of the story. Should they be worried? I'm like, what? And he was giving orders, and this is what you know, Ben talked to us about last week. He was giving orders to them saying, watch out, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. And they began to discuss with one another the fact they had no bread. And Jesus, aware of this, said to them, why do you discuss the fact that you have no bread? He's really going to challenge them. I want to really, this is challenging, I'm, I'm challenging me, because I'm like, I feel like I'm, I feel like I watch God do amazing things. Maybe I haven't seen 5,000 fed. Maybe I haven't seen 4,000 fed, but I've seen amazing things. I've seen God do amazing things in people's lives individually, in marriages, in, in healings, and in restorations. But then I still keep finding myself in this place where something gets too big. Something gets too big for God. And this is where they were at. They were like, Wait a second, this is too big. We only got one bread, one loaf of bread. And again, don't judge the disciples because I think we really do this quite more often than we might give ourselves credit for. Think about this. These are the questions I want you to really ask this morning. Do you see or understand? Do you have a hardened heart? That's something that will keep you from remembering. A hardened heart. You know, there was you know there's just been seasons in my life, and 2020 was one of those that the enemy really tried to harden heart, harden the heart, because when you when the enemy gets you in a hardened heart, you forget. You ever you ever been hardened to a person? You start all that you can think of is that one or two things that they did, not the fifty thousand things that they did incredibly right for you. But you remember the first one or two things. That goes back to that betrayal. I really believe God's breaking off betrayal from our body from individuals um, do you have a hardened heart having eyes do you see having ears do you hear and this, listen to what he says and do you not remember right he's like that's an obvious one right don't you remember when I broke the five lives <laughs> When I broke the five loaves for the 5,000, how many, did you, how many baskets did you pick up? Right? How many, how many did, and when I broke, sorry, when I broke the seven for the 4,000, how many large baskets did you pick up? Seven. And he said to them, do you not yet understand? God just wants us to step into remembering. The disciples left two really big, crazy amazing events and then got into a pretty I mean it's, it's it's a pretty difficult one I mean they didn't take any bread they didn't take any bread to make the journey but all of a sudden God just makes this declaration do you not remember and God's really calling us into that um, that when you come up against a hard or impossible situation is the first thing that I declare impossibility or Wow, I don't know about this. I mean I think I, I spoke this uh, a couple of weeks ago, but you know one of the greatest moments for our, I think our marriage was uh, you know we had a in relationship to believing and, and remembering was a moment where you know our one of our best friends, one of Leah's best friends, had passed away and, uh, from cancer, and we were just dist- we were just distraught, and we were in the kitchen looking like Jeremiah. I mean that's really where we were at. I was like you know, cause you're believing you she has a husband and two young kids and you start going, Oh, you know, all the, all the overwhelmingness just comes on you. And you're like, man, like how are, you know, what's going on? They're not going to make it. You know, that's where I was. I was at Jeremiah moment. So I went into the bathroom to get ready for bed and I came out and on the dresser there was a picture of this couple. And all of a sudden, the Lord was almost like, what are you doing, Mitch? Fight for your brothers. Fight for your sister. Fight for that family. And all of a sudden, I was like, yeah, what am I doing? And I just laid hands on the picture. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you the honesty. And I just started, like, with everything that was in me, just declaring, God, you're going to provide for this husband. You're going to walk him through this and you're going to be his Emmanuel and you're, I mean, these kids are going to know you as all that they need to know as as a parent. They're going to all that they maybe have lost with their mom, they're going to find in you. And all this, I mean, I just got crazy, almost that zeal, righteous zeal that you felt like. I I felt like the Lord was just saying, fight for them. And, And I'm just telling you, I'm serious. I got in bed not 20 seconds later. I mean, like. Ended the prayer, got in bed, and Leah, knocked, Leah comes in the room and just says, Did you just pray? Because she said, I felt like everything broke. Like, and so I just encourage you, like, what did I do? I started to remember the Lord is great and awesome. Wait a second. He can beat, he can beat death. He's already beaten death by the cross. Like, he's already beaten death in, for that family, even though I am... Extremely, like empathetic, I mean, all those things. But I want to believe for them. I want to do everything in my power to empower them to rise above that situation. But part of that is fighting for them and walking through them. And so, as we kind of come to this place of, as we're kind of transitioning out of communion, I really don't think we're transitioning. I feel like it's a lifestyle now. I feel like I'm. I feel like the Lord's saying, make it a lifestyle of, of of remembering. Bringing God's blood and body to remembrance, and so I want you to get your communion this morning. Um, got my brought mine. This is this is my supply at home, and got my matzah. And you know, I just encourage us. Get it out here in the light a little bit. They're going to sing that song again. We're going to take communion in and out of the verses. But I want you to just listen to the verse and chorus. And just, this song just makes a great declaration over us in relation to, to, to communion, to walking with Him. And I want us to begin, like I said, I want us to have that place of the power of remembering. Maybe you just need to take a moment as they're singing just to remember God's goodness, His mercies, His faithfulness, His compassions, His goodness. Maybe if you want to come up here to the altar, the altar's open. If you want to bring your communion cup and come take it here at the altar, if you want to take it in your living room, just get get down on your knees, whatever position, just position yourself to remember. Position yourself to remember His goodness, His mighty, His greatness. Prince of Peace, Everlasting Father. So Lord we just thank you for that. So let's 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 just sing this together. You to take the bread, Lord. We just thank you that when you took the bread, you broke it. You broke it. And then you said, This is my body given for you. And so, Lord, I just thank you this morning. God, we receive that you've done this for us, for me. For eat, for the body as a whole. Lord, you did. You broke the body, was broken, Lord, for our healing, our redemption, for the new covenant, for the restoration, for forgiveness, Lord. All those things, Lord, Lord, we just c- confess that this morning. And I just want to, as we take this this morning, I just, it came, came back that I sometimes I don't like speaking because I forget that we're supposed to do things. I, I really supposed to, felt like we were supposed to pray for Susanna that last week. And I just, she might be online listening this morning. I just, if she is, maybe Daniel, if you're there at the house, you can lay hands on her. And uh, I was thinking about Annabelle. I just feel like the Lord was just saying, just wants to pray for the eyes this morning. The eyes of our heart. But I just felt like physical eyes. If you need a physical touch this morning, we're going to take communion this morning. In relationship to our vision. To see. To remember. To be able to see. So, Lord, we just thank you for this, this body that was broken. Like Isaiah 53 declares, Lord, that you bore our sicknesses, our disease, our, our pains. You bore on the cross. And so, Lord, we pray for Susanna. We pray for Annabelle. We pray for others that have had a sight issues, Lord. I, uh, situations going on that, uh, in their eyes and their seeing. We just pray for vision to be restored eyes to be physically healed and restored today, right now in Jesus' name, as we speak it, as we declare it. God, as, as we lay hands on, uh, on those eyes, we just pray. God, just physical eyes, Lord, because you said, and I just pray for our spiritual eyes, Lord. If you just want to even want to just lay hands on a big do something that I, I just feel like I want to lay hands on my eyes, and God, it you said to those, those disciples, do you not yet understand? Do you have eyes and not see? God, I want to have eyes and I want to see. I want to see your goodness and your glory. I want to see your goodness and your glory before me. Your loving kindness, your compassions. So, Lord, I just pray you'd open our eyes in a spiritual way as well to see. Physically and spiritually, Lord, we just thank you for this body that was broken, or was broken and then given to us. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. So let's take the bread. this morning lord we thank you that you gave this blood as a declaration of forgiveness the declaration of your new covenant lord that we could know you that we could come into the holy of holies that was the new covenant god that we uh, have redemption we have peace through the blood of the cross lord that we just received that this morning i just want to just pray that you would break off areas of betrayal, areas, areas of things that have tried to keep us from remembering or break off forgetfulness, break off those things that have tried to keep us from remembering your goodness, remembering what you did for me on the cross, your body, your blood. And so, Lord, we just take this cup and we thank you for the forgiveness we thank you for the new covenant we thank you for the peace for the confidence that we can enter into the holy of holies through this blood and we thank you for the joy that was set before you you endured this you endured the cross for us and Lord we can take joy in that so Lord we thank you for this cup we take this in remembrance of you in Jesus name so let's take the cup Thank you this morning. Lord, we just thank you. We just in all reverence, God, just just of who you are, God, it's you. It's you, it's you, it's you. God, it's you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Lord, that it Lord, whatever whatever this anything's about, Lord, it's just about you, God. Just we can come back down to Lord, it's your kingdom. Your glory, your power, your strength, God. So, Lord, we just thank you for this morning. And I just, I thank you that, God, you're taking us to this place of just lifestyle of communion. Yeah, just a lifestyle of remembering. A lifestyle of remembering. And and walking in this place of communing with you, Lord. Just felt like, Lord, even as... Lord, we might be stepping into some other aspects of like mission, like what the what God's doing in dwelling place, maybe in the of coming weeks. I just felt like it was so important coming out of 2020 that we step into 2020, beholding, and that we start 2021 in this place of communion, in this place like because that's all it's all about beholding His goodness and His glory and communing with Him. That's got to be where that we start first and foremost. Everything else comes out of that. And so, Lord, we just pray, God, as as we walk into 2021, as we step into 2021, that, God, you would just empower us to be rememberers, (laughs) that you would call us to be those people that fight for our brothers, our sisters, our, 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 our families, our houses, our friends, the body, God, that we will be in that place to remember, be in that place to generate hope in a place that maybe can be hopeless, God. Or we can empower people to remember, to see fear just dissipate. Lord, we just thank you for that this morning, that we are the rememberers. That you would call us to be that men, men and women, the children, Lord, a body that remembers. So thank you for that, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. I'm just going to encourage you, if you want prayer this morning, I felt a couple things. Uh, Brandon had another uh, word in relationship to Nick. God's really... Saying God wants to do some neck uh, healing this morning. If you want to get prayer, we'll, we'll agree with you online. If you want to hit that prayer uh, online, you can hit that prayer tab and we'll pray for you there as well. But I also encourage you, if, if you've been struggling with anything in relationship to betrayal or just things that just maybe being forgetful, maybe the Lord just wants you to uh, come in and get some agreement this morning or grab somebody before he leaves. All right? Y'all have a great week. Be blessed. Amen. Amen. Come get prayer if you want it.